It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show into this daily podcast so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy and stay safe. Online, on DAB and on the talk radio app. Talk Radio. First up, I'm delighted to welcome the Transport Secretary, Grant Shapps, to the show. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. I mean, there's a lot to talk about uh, in, in various areas of your brief and others, which I'd like to get to. But I know, first of all, you're announcing today new green number plates to be uh, rolled out from the autumn. What will these involve? Yeah, I mean, so someone has um, a car which isn't emitting um, you know, pollution or CO2, an electric car typically, um, they'll be able to use green number plates on their car. Um, it's just actually a strip down the side of the number plate. It will just indicate that um, your car is clean. It might enable you to go into, for example, um, pollution-free zones in cities. There are more of those coming about or have particular privileges if the local authorities want to put those in place. And it's just part of raising awareness of um, electric vehicles, which have now actually in the last quarter, though, of course, car sales were massively down. We've actually seen more electric cars. They were the top, I think, two sellers in the last quarter. So it's starting to really lift off. They are the way forward. We're, we're, we're not going to have petrol and diesel uh, cars from 2035 at the latest, perhaps even a little earlier. Um, so it's important to make people aware. And also, actually, today, more than just green number plates, we're putting £12 million into some new funding and research for doing yet more things to do with wireless charging for electric cars, hydrogen um, vehicles, and many other pieces of technology as well that we're keen to. Yeah, I'm, I'm, all for the, I'm all for the investment in the new technology in any way we can make it so we can have greener, mm. greener cars. However, at a time when the average, and I think the cheapest electric car is, is six grand more expensive than the cheapest, you know, the normal, you know, normal family car, um, most people, especially after, you know, the furlough scheme and worried about their job, they can't mm. remember afford that extra six grand why are you giving away money basically saying you can you know you can travel into a congestion zone you can park for free you can do all of that you're, you're giving people a cash bonus effectively who are already well off yeah well the congestion zone of course isn't about the congestion in this case it's about um pollution so it's about not killing people through um uh, you know the health impacts of pollution you and i have debated this before we i know have. but i'm I, just I deep sighing quietly don't worry indeed 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 but nonetheless my I think car we're, doesn't we're kill agreed. people but there we are 
Yeah. We're, we're all agreed it's better not to put nitrogen dioxide into mm. people's uh, lungs. Well, I wish no, people was, had told but, me that before I bought my diesel car, like the government told yeah, me to. No, but quite, you know, there we are. Let's quite. let's punish people for doing what the government said, shall we? Well, I think more. I think more ease people um, to 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 actually better future solutions. So to answer your question direct about cost, uh, there has been a big differential up until now. It is closing, and we think it's going to close entirely. Um, within a few years. Well, when it does, give some more money to people who buy the green cars. If someone could afford an extra 60 Hold on, let me me answer your first one. You've left too many many loose ends there. First of all, we we have £3,000 grant for people to purchase uh, electric vehicles, which means that they can get money off the top line, so the differential's less. And then secondly, the actual cost of owning one of these cars is, is no more, typically, because... Uh, you get, you know, you're, 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 you're filling it with, with electricity rather than petrol. It costs a fraction to fill the electric tank of a car uh, by comparison to putting petrol in. And since most people, I think it's 85% of people, buy their vehicles through sort of uh, sort of higher purchaser PLP scheme, um, it means that actually the monthly cost of owning that car isn't yeah. more. So I'm very grateful for you letting me explain. Well, yeah, how. and you and I both know that given the huge sums of money that you, the government's raised from taxes on diesel and petrol, that once we're no longer driving diesel and petrol cars, you're going to be taxing electric cars in exactly the same way. Otherwise, there's going to be a massive hole in your finances. It's either income tax going up, corporation tax and otherwise going up. You're going to get the money from somewhere. So that's going to be a short-lived joy for the people who can afford electric cars. Either way, at the other end of it, at least we'll have a healthier um, okay, but yeah. sort of nation. That, that's an argument, but let's not pre- let's not pretend that benefit is going to stay for a very long time. Let's talk about um, people travelling on public transport. Now, most people do drive to work rather than uh, get on public transport. Uh, but the uh, ruling on face coverings, um, that, that, that's been a, a someone's some regarded it as something of a U-turn by the government to say they should be compulsory on public transport. A lot of people already wearing them before yesterday's ruling came in. Um, is there likely to be a U-turn on the two metre rule anytime soon that businesses are crying out for? Yeah, I don't really accept that sort of characterization of it because um, like we've always said we'll, we'll, we'll look closely at the science and do what is right, what it's telling us to do. And I make no bones about it. It actually is a marginal thing, face coverings. It's, it's not as important as, for example, social distancing at any distance, uh, washing your hands, not touching your face. These things remain more important. Um, but actually, if there's just, you know, if there's just something that we can do to A, provide reassurance and B, um, the, the evidence, I think, just comes down, on, it, it, albeit narrowly, on the side of face coverings in confined spaces like transport, then, then why wouldn't you do it? And we, we brought that in. I, I made it compulsory from yesterday. The, uh, the, 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 the rates of compliance have been phenomenal and really impressive. And pe- people have kind of taken to it because they understand we want to do everything we possibly yeah. can to defeat this thing. Um, and look, if we do move um, from two metres, again, that's that's because... Um, it will be the right moment to do it. And although clearly the further you are apart, the less chance there is of spreading this disease, which is why two over one metre might be better. If there's much less, if it's much less prevalent in society, then uh, the risk of moving to a shorter distance is, of course, much less in in the first place. So we're having to balance all those things out. And it's not clear cut. It's not simple. 
as some people might have you believe. And we're making sure we come to the right decisions okay. with it. There's lots of concern from people who've been otherwise very supportive of this government in terms of the uh, handling of the pandemic and understanding the extraordinary pressures dealing with a virus that we knew so little about in the early uh, weeks and months. That, that right now there's a little bit of a headless chicken element in terms of the government. Lots of reaction rather than proactive activity. Things not being thought through. Schools weren't given the, you know advice on how they could go back quickly. Things are changing all the time. Retailers getting conflicting advice. Other businesses, the two metre rule, the face coverings, and that actually people aren't getting a very clear message from the government right now. Has the government sort of lost its way? Do you have a thought through plan for how to get us out of this lockdown and get us back to work and back to school and back out of our homes? Yes, we do. And I don't accept that as a kind of characterization of it at all, actually, Julia. I mean, no one sensible listening to this is going to um, think that this is anything other than extremely complicated crisis to handle. Um, but the government's taking the right approach of you know, being led by the scientific evidence. And it is not a clear cut, often not clear cut. I mean, we just talked about the two metre versus one metre and all the playoffs in, involved in, in this. Um, so I don't think people expect governments to be um, sort of uh, miracle workers or be able to, you know, peer into the in, into the future. But we are making sure we take decisions on a totally rational basis. And, you know, just things like the shops opening yesterday on the 15th, we signalled that weeks in advance. You know that the 4th of July at the earliest is the next potential unlock date. We've signalled that weeks and weeks in advance. So, I mean, we, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to make this as straightforward okay. as it possibly is, but all right. I think let me let me of uncertainty when you're dealing with a virus. It, well, no, we and, and I think everyone who does accept that absolutely. But again, I think people there, there is a growing concern from people who have been very supportive that things are that perhaps the grip is not quite a, as tight as it should be. Let me ask you about what Marcus Rashford, the England footballer, has had to say. He himself grew up on free school meals. He wants those vouchers which uh, children have been getting fifteen pounds a week throughout the lockdown period and during the May uh, uh, half term holiday to continue during the summer holidays for those six weeks. It cost it was fifteen pounds a week as I say 120 million pound cost um he's been tweeting about this again today talking about you know all the parents who you know will face not being able to feed their children properly pay their bills uh, in their financial difficulties um is the government going to uh, provide those vouchers for parents to spend in supermarkets over the summer holidays firstly i thought marcus rashford's contribution has been brilliant i've seen his letter uh, i've been watching his um, his twitter uh, feed on the subject uh, and he's absolutely right we've got to look after these uh, you know, kids who um, have been on free school meals free school meals don't usually operate over the summer of course and that's why in this this particular occasion we've made an extra 63 million pounds available um, to uh, ensure that local authorities can help parents with food and basic essentials for children in those in those categories so we've already stepped in uh, and, and acted on it. Um, and he's absolutely right to, to highlight it. But there's more wraparound support there than we've ever had in place. So is that a um, yes or a no? So, well, it means we've already done it in a sense. And we actually, in addition to the 63 million we're going to do over the summer, uh, we've put 129 million in, uh, to, uh, to which have been redeemed by families and schools uh, up until the are, third. Are you, are, you and, saying you, no, are you saying you agree that there is a need for the children's families to get extra help during this tough, tough period, but that that help is already in place and they won't therefore need those vouchers? I, I was going to say, we've, we've also had, let's not forget, for the same families, uh, often uh, 20 billion, billion, not million, billion pounds of furlough um, support. Another, uh, what is it, 8.9 billion for... 
self-employed yeah. um, people, sorry, seven and a half billion self-employed, 2.6 million self-employed people. So it's not that that's the only support. This is an addition to those billions. I'm talking about now there's 63 million, the 129 million. So there's a huge amount of money going to support. And I think most people would say that this government has not been slow at coming forward with support for families, for school children. Uh, we've had £100 million pounds, um, brought forward to, to help yeah. with um, education over the um, summer, to catch up education over the summer, uh, free laptops and so, uh, and tablets for, yeah, lot, for people. Yeah, a lot of those haven't actually reached the kids who need them. But uh, look, you know you're going to face a lot of moral pressure on this. I, I've, I've got a funny feeling the government's going to end up uh, giving in on this one, um, for, right, well, for right or for wrong, because of the moral pressure. Might, might just make it easy on yourselves and just give in now. Well, I mean, as, as you know, Julia, you have many, many different competing um, pressures and the extent of the support, the billions that I was talking about in the furlough schemes, and even these tens of millions and hundreds of millions uh, that have been provided for exactly this purpose, exceptionally, because um, let's not forget that free school meals are not normally available over the summer, yeah. but we are providing money over the summer in this case, um, means that this government's absolutely sort of stepped up to the plate. We're always alive to these issues. And I, actually, as I say, I think Mark, Marcus Rashford's done a brilliant job okay. of highlighting this and certainly got the debate going. And I know he's written to the Prime Minister and I know that the Prime Minister will reply in due course as well. Uh, but uh, as I say, I don't want anyone listening to this thinking that we have not been responding actually in advance of this uh, being uh, got up today. Okay. I do just want to correct, Marcus had written in one of his tweets that people would have their have had their water cut off yep. no domestic customer can legally have their water cut off so if anyone has experienced that kind of problems uh, they should speak to their mp speak to off what it would be an illegal act by the water company okay not not much use having water if you haven't got electricity or gas to heat it but hey ho online on dab and on the talk radio app talk radio when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Well, let's talk to Shadow Work and Pension Secretary Jonathan Reynolds, who kindly joins us now on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Obviously, not a good morning. Those are unemployment figures. Um, uh, They're showing an increase. Not as big an increase as perhaps many would have feared, simply because so many people are on the furlough scheme. Yes, well, I understand the claimant count is uh, up quite significantly. Now, obviously, that's slightly more recent information. But yes, the furlough scheme is playing an important role. But if you put... The furlough scheme and the claimant count together, I'm afraid you have to look at that and say we are facing now unemployment on a scale we haven't seen in this country for many decades. And I think what we have with this information is that we know at various points in this crisis that things haven't happened quickly enough. We've been slow into lockdown, slow to tackle social care. Let's not be slow in our response to this level of unemployment. We think we need a budget. We think there should be one focus of that budget and it should be jobs, jobs and jobs again. We know the impact on people of long periods of unemployment lasts, not just for the time of the crisis, but for the rest of their lives. And everything that government can do, everyone opposition can do, civil society, business unions, they should be working together, there should be a budget, and we should be trying to tackle this as soon as possible. Well, of course, I mean, we know the furlough scheme was aimed at, well, the phrase the government always used, you know, wrapping their arms around the people. And I think there are a lot of people on, on all sides of the political debate who, who, were, who were very welcoming of that scheme. Eventually, it has to be wrapped up. We can't have the entire country on, on the public payroll forever. Well, some people might like that, but most people think it's probably not viable. Um, your, your, uh, the Shadow Chance analyst Dodds, your colleague, has called for a full emergency summer budget, as you say, to deal with the issue. Of, of unemployment but what do you actually want to be done what more can be done other than the government taking over paying everyone's wages while they're sitting at home well first of all you should do everything you can not to make unemployment worse now you mentioned the furlough scheme yes it can't go on forever in the scale it is but you don't need a one-size-fits-all approach we know the impact on some sectors of the economy things like hospitality which would usually be the things that get people back into work the quickest after an economic downturn they're not going to be able to do that so let's have some flexibility then let's keep young people in education and training as long as possible so we're not adding to those unemployment figures and then for the stimulus the government needs to do in that budget let's look at the things that have the highest impact on jobs so things like staffing ratios in social care uh, retrofitting homes which is very labour intensive, bring forward the investment projects that will bring the biggest number of jobs. I can't stress enough, let's not be too slow again in our response to this crisis. And is this, is this going to be the big difference between Tories and Labour? Is the, the, the Labour argument will be, you know, government money investing in, in all of these things. And a lot of the Tory response may involve some of that, but a lot of it is going to be, um, you know, tax cuts, freeing up people to be entrepreneurs, to, to invest, encouraging people to spend more by cutting VAT or whatever. These are sort of almost two very different ways of trying to spur on the economy. And, and in, in, you know, in other countries and over the years, it's been shown that actually the government getting out of people's business tends to actually boost the economy rather quicker. I don't think that's the, the dividing line, Julia, and I, and I don't think if the government had got out of the way in this crisis, things would have been better. You need government in economic downturns and recessions. You need them to bring forward those investment decisions. I think right now the dividing line is about the scale of the crisis and the speed of the response. If we wait, for instance, till the autumn for a budget, then those measures, whatever they are, they're not even going to be in effect effectively till the beginning of next year, whereas we've seen a country like Germany bring forward its package two weeks ago. So right now I think it's about are people aware of the scale of this crisis? Do they know 
you know, there's lots of different parts to this crisis because of the scale of it. But unemployment is now going to be one of the principal things that we need to address. Yeah. And we've got to get to it as soon as possible. Are you concerned? There was a poll out at the weekend that showed that while most people predicted, of course, you know, were quite aware that there would be a massive economic hit here. You can't look at the graphs. You can't be listening to the news, watching the news and not be aware of that. But 67 percent of people said that they didn't think it would affect them. Are you concerned that a lot of people, particularly those on the furlough scheme right now, even people are still working full time, that actually they simply don't realise that a downturn of the scale that we are seeing, no matter how short it ends up being, and we don't know yet whether it's going to be a V-shaped recovery or a very long, low recovery, that they simply don't realise how much that's going to affect every single person in this country. I think some of that is true. So if, if you look at, for instance, how the aftermath of the financial crisis was for some people it, it effectively meant because of low interest rates their mortgage payments went down they perhaps didn't think of it in the way they thought about those big recessions in the 1980s but you know i can't stress enough there are people who are suffering very much right now there was a report here in parliament only yesterday that one million people aren't covered by either the furlough scheme or the self-employment scheme you know if you're ineligible also for universal credit and you're just getting your contributory national insurance benefits that's about 74 pounds a week so there are people in a really difficult position i know perhaps not everyone has accepted the scale of this yet but one of our jobs as politicians is to say this is now a major part of the crisis and that is why we need to manage um isn't a big part of this going to be about making sure you mentioned keeping youngsters in education and making sure they've got qualifications they've got the training uh, new reports out today suggesting two million children at primary school have done little or no school work whatsoever during lockdown another study suggesting that four million hadn't had regular contact with their teachers are you not concerned that actually we've got a whole generation of youngsters who are are going to be so far behind they're probably not going to be able to get jobs. I'm hugely concerned about that I'm I'm concerned to be frank about my own children I I don't feel I've had the the time I wanted with them you know over lockdown in order to to do the things I thought I might have been able to do at the beginning of this but the, the crucial thing on that is making sure over the summer, the government's doing everything it can to mitigate some of that. I think that the Marcus Rashford letter yesterday about mm-hmm. free school meals is a part of that. I think making sure families have technology to access online learning if they can is a part of that. There is no doubt this particular generation of young people have had something that other generations haven't had. And yes, I worry very much about that. But I think decisions have to be made on public safety. The government's focus has got to be how they mitigate that and try and improve the situation for all of those young people. Do you think, though, if perhaps some teachers had more of the can-do, go for it, you know, make-it-work approach that many of our young, our small business owners have had during this lockdown, more children might have had lessons? No, I don't think that. I think teaching is a very hard job. I think that the challenge of of reacting to this crisis has been an absolutely immense one. But I, I have no doubt when I talk to teachers in my constituency, what they're absolutely motivated by, what they get up for work for, is the welfare of young people and their education. They don't want young people at home not learning. They want to do everything they can for them. But clearly, this is a very difficult situation. One of the things that we really need to get a grip of in this country is the public health messaging that will restore some confidence to people about the possibility of going back to school or going out to shops. Because at the minute, I mean, in my constituency, on the edge of it at the weekend, we had 6,000 young people in the legal rave. I mean, we've got to get a grip of the public messaging about the safety aspect of this. Or frankly, I worry some of the 
the sacrifices people have made in lockdown you know, will not get the dividend that they should. So we've got to be clear, we've got to try and restore confidence or, or problems like the economic damage we're seeing, like the educational damage we're seeing, will only get worse. OK, well, let's finally, let's talk about Marcus Rashford, the England footballer you mentioned in passing earlier on. Uh, he is a, as someone who himself had free school meals when he was a youngster. He's asked the government to continue the free school meal voucher system. It was carried on throughout lockdown, through the Easter holidays. Um, 1.3 million children eligible for it. It's £15 a week vouchers that could be spent in the supermarket on food. £120 million cost. Um, why, some people would ask, should that continue during the summer holidays when the family's eligible for it on the lowest income so won't have any lower income than they would normally have? If you're on benefits, you're still on the same benefits and they would normally be expected to pay for their children during the summer holidays. Well, not everyone will have the same level of income now over the over the summer holidays. You've got people who are facing reduced hours that are particularly hard hit by uh, the crisis because of the way that their remuneration works. You've got families who will be just on the national insurance level of benefits, just £74 a week. And we've seen them, the precedent was set in the May half term that the scheme continued. It was widely seen as a success. And look, the government's willing to do everything that it can. And that was the language it used at the beginning of the crisis. We know for the people affected by this, they're some of the hardest hit in the country. The cost, to be frank, is modest compared to other items of expenditure, like, for instance, the furlough scheme uh, that you mentioned. A lot of help could be given to a lot of people here. And that's why when the vote uh, takes place in Parliament later today, I'll be voting along with what Marcus Rashford has asked for and for more support for those families. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Good morning to you. This is Talk Radio Breakfast for me, Julia Hartley-Brewer. Thank you very much indeed for your company this morning. Eric McElroy is still joining me. He'll get his thoughts on uh, retail therapy, although he and I, we're, we're not big. We're not big high street shoppers, but certainly it's not the fresher yesterday to really you know, go out and support our high street stores that were reopening. And we did see lots of queues outside, people spending the cash. I mean, nothing like what you'd normally see on an average month. Monday in June, but hey, anything is better than nothing, isn't it? Well, let's discuss all of that with Sarah Willingham. She's an entrepreneur and shop small ambassador, and you'll know, of course, from the Dragon's Den. Good morning to you, Sarah. Good morning. Good morning. I have to say, seeing the footage yesterday of people queuing up outside stores, it filled my heart with joy that people were out and about doing something as normal and hopefully keeping some of those people in their jobs. Oh, you and me both. It was. I think yesterday was an exciting day. All all week's going to feel like that. I said to people yesterday, if you go out onto the high street, if you feel safe to go into those shops, you will feel a buzz like, I promise you, you will feel a <laughs> buzz like you have not ever felt on the high street before in our lifetime. It'll be like all the businesses have started up in one week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have to say, it's been so exciting going to the supermarket. Occasionally, it's a special treat in the last three months. <laughs> I've gone to Superdrug or Boots. You know, that's been the height of excitement for me. Um, but, I mean, you you especially know how important this is. You spent your years in, uh, you know, you managed high, high street restaurants like Planet Hollywood and Pizza Express, uh, you know, Bombay Bicycle Club. You you understand, you know, these are industries, you know, people there, you know, you, you've got customers and the staff. And this is the industry that has has been absolutely totaled uh, by this coronavirus pandemic. How hopeful are you that we can get things back to normal in the stores and then at some point in the restaurants too? Well, it's actually, I mean, I think that that's the big question. And, and this the, the, the research actually that has been carried out by American Express said only one in three people of the um, high street retailers felt that this year 
they would return to normal. And, and I would very much echo that. I don't think that this year we will return to normal. We're we're modelling pretty much for all of our businesses that next year we, we will return to normal. What I do think is great is seven out of 10 independent stores that closed in March did open yesterday. That's a pretty optimistic statistic showing that people are encouraged, they are optimistic, they are hoping that customers will 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 get out there onto the high street and support them. And I think one of the really positive things about lockdown, and I almost you almost feel guilty about saying anything's positive out of lockdown, but yeah. one of the things that has been positive about lockdown is that sense of community. Yeah. And I think that has been driven by those local small shops that have supported us that have be, actually been our lifeline when you couldn't get out to the supermarket when you couldn't get a a slot at your local tesco or astro or whatever it might have been and and i i think those shops that have remained open all the way through lockdown i mean my my local butcher that's delivered to me i've only recently moved to brighton that's delivered to me week in week out i cannot wait to meet him i've never yes. met him before He's just been this amazing business that has delivered me my food to my house so that I've been able to keep my four children safe, not had to leave throughout the whole of lockdown. And I want to go into these shops now and I want to say thank you. Oh, and I think I, that's yeah. a lot of what this week's about. I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. The local shops near me are opening. But again, I felt the same way about my big, I've got a big Waitrose at the end of the road. And I have to say, when I feel, you know, on first name terms with half the staff there, I yes. always just felt incredibly grateful to them to say, no, I've always said, thank you. And how's it going? And just being very grateful that they've been doing this throughout. But again, a lot of people have been working throughout. But again, shops actually told you can't, you can't open. Restaurants and bars, you can't open. Some have turned mm. themselves into takeaways. But it is amazing, isn't it? Some of the entrepreneurial spirit that we've seen. I've talked about this throughout the lockdown. But when you see, you know, companies and, you know, right, we're going to turn into a takeaway. Right, we're going to start supplying food or or drinking this way. They have been, you know, we've become the local village sort of uh, uh, farm shop. It's absolutely incredible, the entrepreneurial spirit that we've got in this country. And my, I mean, we are going to see the latest unemployment figures are not good. It's going to get worse and worse. When the furlough scheme ends, ends, things are going to get pretty tight for an awful lot of people but we've still got entrepreneurs out there who are going to be creating businesses and creating jobs and keeping those jobs going aren't we yeah what i think is i think that the word flexibility is going yeah. to be the word related to business uh, throughout the whole of 2020 it's that pivoting of business models that we've seen left right and center i spoke to a lady two days ago she's got a flower shop in south london 90 percent of her sales were flowers but actually the majority of those sales were for events which of course has completely fallen off a cliff during lockdown she then starts she spent her grant money promoting on facebook and instagram plants delivered to the home brilliant she's now substituted the sales that she was getting for flowers She's actually got as far as to substitute all of the sales with plant sales. She opened up yesterday. I spoke to her yesterday. How's it going? She said, it's unbelievable, the support from the local community. She's put all the flower bunches outside. She's put a contactless card outside, contactless card machine outside. And people are going, going to the store and they are purchasing. And it's that... Yeah flexibility that we've seen from small businesses i mean even as you said even larger places like like waitrose starting to do the rapid delivery within two hours i mean 
that it's that flexibility of business models yeah. which will help the high street and, survive. And it, it, and it may well, yeah, a lot of that may keep on. Just to ask you personally, though, a lot of people have been saying, oh, you know, well, everyone's going to want to stay working from home. You know, you know, no mm. commute. I mean, everyone's, you know, everyone who's still got mm. a job is saving money because yeah. they're not paying for that, not spending all that money in, in Starbucks or Pret or that, and also getting home deliveries, not having the faff of going. Out. Now, I think quite the opposite. I think people are going to be desperate to get back to normal life and have company again and have a you know have a chin wagger at a coffee machine with their colleagues and the like what do you think do you think people are going to want to stay home or go out i actually think that the we will return to a hybrid model so i think you're you're absolutely right people do want that sense of community that they get back in the office and i know from the businesses that i'm involved in we've pretty much said across the board nobody has to return to the office until the first of october um, and then for the rest of the year, we can, we'll, we'll wait and see and you can very much pick or choose. I actually think that hybrid model will remain in the sense that we will say, you know, maybe all of marketing has to be in on a Tuesday or all yeah. of logistics has to be in on a Wednesday. But, you know, maybe Monday and Thursday, you can take your pick. I think what if biz- businesses, what they shouldn't do is give people the option in the morning. Otherwise, I think you'll find too many duvet days. <laughs> I think it needs to be pre preset the days that you can work from home and the days that you can work from the office. But I agree with you, people are desperate for community again, desperate to talk to people, desperate to socialise. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 till 10. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.